Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, we're going to get straight into part one, as always. If you don't know by now, you should know part one, of course, the review part where we talk about the fights from last weekend. We're going to crack on with that straight away. Okay, we're going to start with a little result that took place over in Wales. This was on the Friday. Andrew Selby fought Brett Fido. Andrew Selby now moved to 4-0. and oh, He picked up a TKO in the sixth round. Now, Brett Fido, okay, he's a little bit of a journeyman in the flyweight division. He has got six wins, 23 losses and two draws. But however, this win by Andrew Selby, Andrew Selby got the KO in the sixth round. This is the first time Brett Fido has been stopped in 23 losses. So it's a little bit of a statement there for Andrew Selby. And if you don't know, he really is going to make a huge, huge impact in the boxing world in the in the coming few months because he really is a serious serious prospect probably one of the best prospects in world boxing we're now going to move over to california just one result i want to mention over there shane mosley jr he picked up his sixth professional win so he's record now six and one now moving over to saturday we're going to start over in france hassan and dam of course the former world champion he moved to 32 and 2 he got an eighth round unanimous decision win over patrick mendy now going over to germany jürgen bremer of course topped that bill he was defending his wba world light heavyweight title against edward gutnetch and Bremer moved to 48-2. and two. That was his 50th professional outing. Edward Gutnetch, 29-4 and four with the one draw. Uh, Gutnetch actually was deducted a point during that fight, but Jürgen Bremer won via 12th round unanimous decision. Now we're going to go straight over to the Echo Arena. There was a lot of fights on that bill, but of course we're going to start with the headliner, Terry Flanagan against Derry Matthews. Terry against Derry. Terry Flanagan, of course, boasting a record of 29-0 going into this bout. He looked to move to 30-0, and and Derry Matthews, of course, a little bit more experienced, a little bit more fights in him. 38 wins, 9 losses, and 2 draws. Terry Flanagan managed to pick up the win. It was on unanimous decision. A lot of people thought he may get the stoppage over Derry Matthews, but he didn't. Um, Flanagan also had a point deducted in the eighth round. Uh, He kept sort of... He was a little bit dirty, to be honest, Terry Flanagan. He was fighting a little bit dirty. Derry Matthews has got the reputation of being dirty. Derry Matthews, he's... You know, he fights a little bit dirty, but Terry Flanagan actually, surprisingly, a little bit dirty. And like I say, the referee took away a point, but 12-round unanimous decision win for Terry Flanagan. So he now retains his WBO World Lightweight title, and he's now 30-0. and What a record that is. Best of luck to Terry Flanagan, and best of luck to Derry Matthews. I'm not sure what he's going to do after this fight. He put out a tweet on Twitter, and he said that the journey may be coming to an end. So it'll be interesting. We'll definitely keep our eyes peeled on that one. 
Moving down that card, of course, Paul Butler also on the bill. He was fighting for the vacant WBO International Super Flyweight title against Sebastian Sanchez. Paul Butler 20 and 1, Sebastian Sanchez 12 and 1. Uh, Butler was down actually from a right left to the body during this fight. But Paul Butler ended up getting the knockout in round nine. So he gets his 21st career win. So a record now of 21 and 1. Also on that bill, defending his WBO Intercontinental Middleweight title and also fighting for the vacant Commonwealth Middleweight title. Tommy Langford fought Lewis Taylor. Tommy Langford, of course, was boasting a 15-0 undefeated record. He now extends that to 16-0 with a unanimous decision win after 12 rounds. Also on that bill, the one man who defeated Paul Butler, the man responsible for the loss on his record, Zolani Tete. He was fighting for the vacant IBF international bantamweight title against Jose Santos Gonzalez. Zolani Tete extends his record to 23-3 and with a TKO in the seventh round. Also on that bill, a decent little scrap. I actually highlighted it would be last week. Matty Askin 19-3 with one draw going into this fight against undefeated 8-0 prospect Simon Barkley. Of course, this is in the cruiserweight division. It was for the English cruiserweight title. Matty Askin picked up the TKO in round two. So Simon Barkley picks up his first career loss. Barkley was down in the first round from an overhand right and he had a badly cut left eye. So Matty Askin now 20 wins, three losses and one draw. Also on that bill, again, it was quite a big card. Kevin Satchel moved to 15-0 with a points win after eight rounds. Jazza Dickens, we wanted to see the big clash versus Rigondo. But of course, due to visa issues, Rigondo couldn't make the fight. It was all a bit of a mess, to be totally honest with you. So unfortunately, the fight couldn't come off. But he actually picked up a win. He fought... Ronaldo Cayena, of course, this man came in with late notice and he was down from a left in the second round and he decided to not come out for the seventh round. So he retired on his store after six rounds. So Jazza Dickens now 22-1. and one. Of course, that one loss coming to Kid Galahad. We're going to mention something about Kid Galahad in the news section shortly. Also on that bill, the Indian superstar, the Bollywood superstar, Vijenda Singh moved to 4-0 and with another knockout. This was in the third round over Alexander Horvath, who is actually a decent little fighter. He's only, he's only, he hasn't been a pro for too long, but five wins, one loss and one draw. So a decent little record there. And Vijenda Singh picks up another impressive win. And that's really it. We've kind of zoomed through part one. Just before we bring on our first guest, we're going to bring you a little bit of news. Ayaz, what news have you got for us? On May 28th, Ricky Burns could become a freeweight world champion when he takes on Michelle Di Rocco for the vacant WBA Super Lightweight title in Glasgow. Excellent stuff. So Ricky Burns, it'd be good to see him get another crack at the title. I'm not sure if he's over the hill. I believe he is, to be totally honest. But then when we saw him out against Omar Figueroa, I thought that he was going to get absolutely beaten in that fight you know beaten hands down every round and he put a really good account of himself in so it'd be interesting to see what Ricky Burns can do any other news at all Ayaz? yes on the same night as Amir Khan v Canelo Alvarez Derek Chisora will face Kubrat Pulev on May 7th with a world title shot and the European Championship on the line 
Absolutely. Kubrat Pulev, who is a very, very good fighter, of course, only has one loss on his record, and that's to Vladimir Klitschko. Fair enough, he lost quite badly, but this is a really tough fight for Derek Chisora. And one, I hope he can win, but I don't think he will win. But again, best of luck to Derek for that one. Of course, I did also mention something about Keith Galahad. That piece of news is that... The Boxing Board of Control have decided to lift his ban. Um, he had a two-year ban for usage of an illegal substance. It's now been cut to 18 months, which basically means that the ban is up, I believe, in the next couple of days. So he's getting ready, and he will hopefully be fighting very, very soon. We cannot wait to see the return of Kid Galahad. Is there any other bits of news, Ayaz? Yes. Badu Jacks first was meant to fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., but however, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. had to pull out an injury, so therefore now he faces Lucien Boutte. Okay, excellent fight. That's again on April the 30th. That really will be a decent fight. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little test there for Badu Jack because although Lucien Boutte, I believe, is over the hill, he gave quite a good account of himself against James DeGale. So it'll be an interesting fight here. This is a potential banana skin. Lucien Boutte's been at the top, he's been there, done it, he's a bit of a veteran, and um, it'll be interesting to see him. He gets another another massive shot, back-to-back world title shots now for him. So all the best and may the best man win. Is there any other bits of news I has or is it okay to bring on our first guest? There's one other news. IBF super middleweight champion James Chunky Digger will, will face Rogelio Porky Medina on April 30th. That's right. Porky versus Chunky, Chunky versus Porky. It'll be a decent little scrap, this one. Um, another another defence for James Degel. I know it is his mandatory. A lot of people not very happy with the choice of opponent, but it's his mandatory. If he doesn't fight him, he loses his title. So he's just got to get this one out of the way, and then hopefully we'll see him unify the titles. I'd like to see him in with Badu Jack, providing Badu Jack can get through Lucien Boutet, which again is scheduled for the same night. So that would be an interesting encounter. Okay, I believe that Ayaz Sumra, also known as Trevor McDonald, the newsreader, is now done with all the boxing news from the boxing world. We're now going to bring on our first guest on this week's show. Okay, now it's time for guest number one on this week's show. Fresh off his knockout win on Saturday night, it's Jazza Dickens. Jazza, welcome to the show. Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. First and foremost, Jezza, thank you very much for coming on the show so uh, so soon after your fight. How how are you today? Yeah, good, very good. I'm um, optimistic about me European title shot on the fourth of um, June. Um, the night after the fight, I went on with the excitement. I didn't sleep, and then the next day I got off and did half marathon. So I'm always in training, and um, I'm just looking forward to the next next night big fight. Absolutely. Now, of course, everybody expected Rigondo um, on Saturday night. Everybody expected you to be fighting Rigondo. The fight couldn't happen due to visa issues. However, you still fought on the night versus Ronaldo Cahina. You extended your record to 22 wins. You knocked him down in round two. He didn't come out for round seven and retired at the end of the sixth. All in all, are you happy or disappointed now looking back now in the aftermath? Of course, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disappointed, but I'm not happy either. I'm, I'm more, um, it was a frustrating weekend. I, I learned a lot of lessons within that week, so I'm, I'm, I am happy with the lessons I've learned, but it just means I have to wait a bit longer for what I believe is my, my big shot, and I believe I will get it, so I'm not too disappointed. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to the gym and um, learning with the coaches on, on what we been practicing in the gym and stuff like that and I really feel like I'm progressing so 
I'm happy with it overall. Okay, because we actually spoke to a couple of people um, in and around your weight class about that fight. Uh, we spoke to Kid Galahad just last week, and he was expressing that you had a real chance in that fight. He said, you know, everybody's writing Jazzer off, but when he shows up, he gives anyone in the world a fight. So he had a lot of good stuff to say. Of course, there's a little bit of news on him. Um, his ban has now been lifted, so he's eligible to fight. How exciting would a division be with his return? I'm not too sure as I only focus on you know only focus on on my career so I'm not too sure about I'm, I'm not going to look into other people's careers really so I'm not too sure but and good that is, it's good that his band's been lifted and he's a fighter and I understand it wouldn't be nice for the fighters to be banned because of the only claims that he didn't take so yeah, I'm glad that he can move on with his career. And also we spoke to Gavin McDonnell and he was telling us that he didn't really like the way that you were almost treated like the away fighter, although it was going to be, you know, the fight was taking place in your hometown. Do you feel that you was just looked at as an opponent? Because he seemed to, he was quite frustrated with that, to be totally honest. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah, well, well I was the opponent when I, I really, it was the Redondo show. People was asking me for tickets back after um, the Gonzo pulled out and stuff like that, and I thought they were coming to support me. So it was frustrating, but nonetheless, I still got my opportunity and I got what I wanted out of it, and that's why I took the fight. So um, it was it was um, all about him, but in in my career, it was all about me, and I got what I wanted out of it. But Gavin McDonald, he's um, he's doing great, isn't he? He's he got the WBC silver title shot and. He's doing great, and he's only had a few fights as well, and he's done a lot with them few fights. So thank you for him there saying the nice words, and I'm also happy for him too. Excellent stuff. Now, of course, have you have you noticed that your stocks have risen a bit with this with this fight? Though I know you're saying some people wanted wanted their tickets back and stuff, but of course your Twitter followers have gone up, and your name seems to be in everybody's mouth at the moment. Is that good? You know, for your career progression in the future, is it good that your stocks have risen? Have you felt that at all? Yes, definitely. Um, I can't deny that it has it's risen a lot and um, there's like people asking to do like sponsorship and all that, they want to help me out a lot more but I know at the end of the day that you know, not really it doesn't matter as in you need to build a profile to get big fights and stuff like that, but if I lose my next fight then it all goes back down again so I know it's only important what happens inside the ropes. So I am um, I'm not, I'm happy about that that it's going that way. But I also know I have to keep my head down I stay out of the light sort of thing and not get thrown into that sort of um, not like um, celebrity mentality but not like um, the cameras and stuff like that I need to stay away from them and just do what I've always done again. Yeah, absolutely because it's not often that like a, a mega fight was supposed to take place and then and then um, it ends up not happening and both fighters' stocks rise. It's almost like uh, Tyson Fury with the David Hay saga. His stocks seem to rise when they weren't even fighting. And that kind of, yeah. you know, he obviously went on from that, soaked it up, and now he's now look where he is. So uh, best of luck with that. Um, of course, yeah. yeah, you touched on it. Your next fight is already being lined up. You're fighting for the vacant European title on the 4th of June against the Spaniard Abigail Medina. Now, he's no mug. We know about him over here. He lost a close fight, a close decision to Jamie McDonough in 2013. Are you confident you can do a job on him, Jazza? Yeah, of course. The fight's amazing. The fight's on. and I'm training for the fight now. I'm back, I'm back ready for because you know, training camp and Later on the game plan from Medina and I have full confidence in myself going into this fight that I'll be with another world champion from Liverpool in the last 
two or three years, our gyms have um, just been me. It will be me. There's been Kevin Sutton and Ryan Fallag. We've also won European titles from our gym, so I've seen the lads out of the gym doing it. I know full well I'm capable of doing it myself, and um, I'm looking forward to going in the gym on Monday and um, talking to Paul and Mick about the game plan. I've got full confidence in them and my team that um, we wouldn't be going into this fight unless we were going to be European champion. Um, I know that recently there was a mega fight in your division, of course, uh, Scott Quigg and Carl Frampton. Did you think that, who did you have winning that fight before the fight? I had um, Frampton to win the fight. I was sparred both of them and I can tell him um, it, was, it was a good few years back when I sparred both of them, but Frampton was a much better boxer. He had a, a good amateur pedigree and he had the more brains out of the two and um, Quigg had the more more brawn sort of thing, so I know that boxing's all about hitting and not getting this, and the new Toronto will stay away from me for most of the fight, and the big will come off strong, but I, I did expect it to be too late, and I saw the fight just the way the probably went, I didn't see it, but I heard that it, it, it quick came on too late sort of thing. Yeah, do you feel it was a little bit of a um, disappointment, the fight? I, I, as I say, I didn't, didn't watch it myself, and people were saying that it was a disappointment, but you know, people got a... Um, People had a good night looking at Cindy and I think good on them too, lads, for making a massive fight and both putting on the line. I don't think he was... They must be upset that their fight wasn't what they expected it to be, but they got a good night out of it. And then two people really put on a good show, so good on them too for bringing in a big, big public team and stuff like that for the Superbottom division. Now, of course, there's someone someone as well coming up in your division, an unbeaten prospect for the future, someone who I personally would like to see you fight. Um, what's your thoughts on Gamal Yafai? Um, Gamal Yafai, I've seen on Gamal Yafai, travel the world for the very the European games together and um, many competitions. So we went to EU together and we always, um, we were also in the under 10 novice competition together. We travelled all the way you know, to that to the age of like 17, 18. We on TV sports together, so we didn't know around sparring and we even sparred as a pro. So I know Gamal's a good fighter, but if that fight ever comes, comes on in the future, then so be it. But after the near future, I can't see it happening as he's in East Congo something. I'm looking at the European, so. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought too much into that fight, to be honest. But I think it could make a good fight when she tells you talented and he's a good fighter. And uh, the last thing the last thing I'm going to ask you before I let you go now, um, of course, we touched a little bit on Kid Galahad. Of course, he's got the, the, you know, the only, he's the reason for the only blemish on your record, the loss to him. Um, is that a loss? Is, is that a fight that you want to avenge? As I say, um, where I'm going right now, I feel like I'm uh, reaching towards the world title. If they got the world title before I get there, then of course, but if not, there's no point going back on all ground. But I think um, if Kigala can start where he left off, then it could make for the um, future in, in this division. And I think if he's lost, then it'll be um, for something big. Okay, great stuff. Is, is, is there anything that you want to say to any listeners who may be listening, any supporters, any fans of yourself that may be listening? Just as always, thank you for the support. And I fully well understand that I wouldn't be where I am only for them people. And that's just not, not just saying that to win people over or not like that. That's, that is a fact. I wouldn't be where I am only for the people who pay good money to watch me box. And I'm so grateful for them to the, that every day I get to go out there and, you know, have a have a good career and live a life that promising 
today's first thing because I'm a people so thank you very much and, and um, please keep following me to till I get this up. Excellent stuff. Okay, listen, Jazza, best of luck with the newfound fame almost. Uh, best of luck for your <laughs> upcoming fight in June, you know, for the European title. And I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, is called the preview part, where we preview the fights coming up this weekend. Again, there's not much this weekend, to be totally honest. It's not going to take more than five or ten minutes to get through this. Of course, we're going to bring on another guest. But, yeah, hold on for that one. We're going to start over in Philadelphia. This is happening on the Friday. Jesse Hart tops the bill. He, of course, is a prospect in the super middleweight division. Look out, guys, for this guy. He really is one to keep your eyes peeled on. Jesse Hart, 19-0, and 0, unbeaten with 16 knockouts. He faces Deshaun Johnson, who has a record of 19 wins also, with 18 losses and three draws. This should be another routine win for Jesse Hart. Okay, and also down that bill... We had him on the show a couple of weeks back, but his fight ended up being cancelled. So he's now on the undercard of this fight. It's Mike, yes, indeed, Reed. Of course, he is a prospect in the super lightweight division, which is, of course, the 140 division. And he has a record of 17-0. and 0. Again, that's another prospect that you've got to keep your eyes on, Mike Reed. He faces Samuel Amawako, who has a record of 21 wins and 8 losses. We're now going to come over to the UK. This is taking place in Glasgow, just one fight I want to mention it's not his opponent hasn't been announced yet but Willie Lemond is back out of course he's got a whopping record of 39 wins and four losses his opponent as I said yet to be announced moving over now to Massachusetts Stephen Ormond he gets back out again he likes to fight over in the states this is at the House of Blues in Boston he tops the bill over there I believe he has a record now, of course, of 20 wins and two losses. He faces Marcos Jimenez, who has a record of 21 wins and six losses. And that's for the vacant IBF Intercontinental lightweight title. Also on that bill, Steve Collins Jr. He gets out again, of course. He is a cruiserweight, if you didn't already know. He has a record of five wins and one draw. His opponent is yet to be announced. And also a return of two fighters, we haven't seen one of them in quite a while. And the last time we saw the other guy, he looked very disappointing against Brandon Rios. We're going to start with Juan Diaz. He makes his return to the ring. Of course, he has a beautiful record of 40 wins and four losses. He returns to the ring against Fernando Garcia, who has a record of 30 wins, seven losses and two draws. It's scheduled for 10 rounds in the lightweight division. Also, Mike Alvarado, again, looked very disappointing last time out to Brandon Rios. Mike Alvarado, 34 wins and four losses. He faces Saul Coral, who has a record of 19 wins and six losses. So despite there not being too much boxing on this weekend, Ayaz, there's still the return of two guys that have been out of the ring for quite a long time. Of course, Juan Diaz and Mike Alvarado. We want to see the return of those two guys to see what they've got left in the tank. Also, coming up the ladder at the complete other end of the table, we've got Jesse Hart coming up 19-0. and We've got Mike Reed coming up 17-0, and two top prospects from the USA. So all in all, it still is a good weekend of fights, Ayaz. Definitely. I can't wait to watch these fights. Absolutely. Okay, excellent stuff. We're now going to bring on our second guest on this week's show. Okay, now it's time for guest number two on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the current Commonwealth and WBO Intercontinental Middleweight Champion. It's Tommy Langford. Tommy, welcome to the show. Hi, mate. You all right? 
Very good, very good. Thank you. Okay, of course, you were part of the big bill on Saturday at the Echo Arena. You faced Lewis Taylor. Was he trickier than you expected, Tommy? Um, he was better than I expected, yeah. He was a little bit, he was more awkward than I expected in the way he uh, he came forward. You know, he didn't box his way in, really. When he decided to come forward, it was more of a, you know, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a lunge in, really, which did make it quite awkward to, um, to catch him clean. But, um, you know, fair play to him. But to be honest with you, it wasn't my best performance. I was I was under par on Saturday night, and uh, but I still managed to come through and win most of the rounds and win well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, you've got that good world ranking with the WBO. Is mm. that the route you'll be chasing in terms of world titles in the future? Well, when you look at the world champions out there, you've got Golovkin and Billy Joe Saunders, and you know. Given that I'm in the WBO, really, that's the one I've got to be looking at and that's the one I'm, I'm looking to push down. You know, I know Frank Warren's looking at um, pushing me down that route and getting me um, up in, up for that position and looking at a world title fight. And that is something I am very keen for and um, want to push for. And I know that regardless of, you know, performances or whatever, I know that I'm if I'm put in front of somebody of a world level, I'll operate at that level. So that's the fight I do want. But... Um, you know, I've got to get a couple more, a couple more fights in them about first. Yeah, of course. Uh, the WBO middleweight title is held by Billy Joe. You're both pro- promoted by Frank Warren, so I'm sure that fight can be very easily made. Um, when do you feel that you'd be ready to participate in a fight like that, and of course, win the fight as well? I mean, in 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 all honesty, I know from my own experiences and whatever. You know, I know I can operate at, at that level now. You know, if I'm thrown in the deep end, I can operate at that level. In terms of building the fight up and you know getting everything that you deserve from the fight in terms of pay and whatever, the fight needs to be built more. So then you're talking it's two, three fights down the line, and also that will give me a bit more valuable experience going, you know, potentially going 12 round distance or fighting against higher, higher caliber opponents. So it'll put me even more than ready. But I've always said that if that fight's offered to me, whenever it's offered to me, I take it if the offer's right and. You know, I know and believe in my own ability and um, I'd get it right for that. I'd get everything right for that fight. And, you know, I believe I cause a lot of problems. And to anybody, not just Billy Joe Saunders, to anybody at that level. And so if it it comes about, it comes about. But otherwise, I've just got to get myself to that mandatory position, which I'm not too far off, not too far away from. Absolutely. Now, for the people that don't know, what type of people have you sparred with in the gym, Tommy? Some of the top names. Well, uh, I'm not really one to talk a lot about my sparring in, to- in terms of talking about who I fight and who I spar. But I've been in there with, you know, current and uh, current and former world champions and uh, you know world ranked opponents in both the like, you know, in both super middleweight and middleweight divisions and you know mandatory challenges to world titles. So I've been in there with a, with with a lot of good operators and uh, you know over the years and especially more recently in the last 18 months. And what disappointed me on Saturday night is that all the hard work that I had been doing and all the good stuff I had been doing in the gym with these calibre fighters, I didn't show in the ring. And, you know, I felt had I done all that stuff that I knew I was capable of, I would have shown that I, I am I am of that grade. Um, but nevertheless, I've got the win and I've got to, I've got to prove it in my next fight. Yeah, of course. Um, have you got any idea when you're next out? I know that we're very close to... To, to the fight the other day but any idea yeah. at all um well it'll be the summertime i'm sure it'll be uh june july time 
you know they want to keep me busy and uh, and obviously you know I'm I'm performing and I'm selling tickets so they want to, want to keep getting me out the door but I've got a nice little rest now I've been back to back with training camps since um last well last last April really flat out you know I've um I've had a, I think every fight I've had a fight and then I've only had a few days off and I've gone straight back into the gym into a hardcore intense training camp and, and this camp just gone obviously that was the fight was supposed to happen in February and with it going on the extra five weeks um to March it, it, it has tired me out and it has proved that I do need a rest and you know I'm only human and I do need to rest my body and so I've got a bit of a break now and I've got the uh, my my uh, my first baby being born um, in this next month, so I've got the birth of my boy to look forward to, and and while I've got my downtime, and I'll be back in the gym hitting it hard for the summer. Oh, excellent stuff! Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> excellent, excellent month as well to be born in April. You say? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's due April, but I've I've got a sneaking suspicion he's going to arrive early. <laughs> well, getting, if it lands, getting big in there. If it, if, if it lands in April, that's the month I was born in, so it'd be a great baby. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, I just want to ask you of your thoughts on some other things that's happening in and around your weight class, a couple of upcoming yeah. fights. Of course, next week we're going to see Chris Eubank Jr. face Nick Blackwell. Yeah. How do you see that fight going, Tommy? I think it's a proper fight, that is. That's a great fight for the fans, and um, and it's a great fight for both the fighters. I think... Um, you know, I really not. I really like Nick Blackwell. I know him quite well, and um, I, I wish I, I really want him to win. I hope he can chin him, but um, I think he's up against it in terms of styles. This fight is going to be one where they both stand in front of each other, and I think Eubank being a little bit sharper and a little bit faster, I think he's likely to get off first with his shots, and then um, you know. At, so I think I see, I see it going that way. Having said that, if you if Billy uh, sorry if Blackwell decides to really put it if he puts it on him from the round one to round twelve and doesn't let him rest at all, he can he can upset the apple cart there and he can he can get the win and so I'm um, um, I think Eubank's probably the favourite going in, but it 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 really can go either way and it'll be a point whoever wins it'll go to it'll go to the scorecard. I see a close close score because they're going to sit in the pocket and they're going to uh, punch holes in each other, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that one. And also, not a fight that's actually scheduled or anything, but just in terms of, um, it would be nice to see the unification. If if we saw a clash between um, Danny Jacobs and Billy Joe Saunders, how would you see that going? I think Billy Joe has the skill and capability, the skill to deal with like, all fighters on the planet, to be honest. To be honest with you, regardless of me saying I believe I can beat him, but what I will say is he's not the biggest middleweight. Danny Jacobs is a big middleweight. He's tall. He's six foot one, same as me. And also Jacobs is fast and he's a good boxer in his own right. Um, I think it's always going to be one of them where if Billy Joe can get get ahead and stay away, uh, stay away, he can he can write he can get a bit of a points win. But then at the same time, I think if you push Billy Joe. Um, you know, and and really, um, you know, get uh, if you can push him and you can match him technically as well as physically. If you can do that, then he does tire late, and I think you can you can win. So it's a real good fight that one. I wouldn't. I mean, I'd like Billy. Obviously, I'd like to say Billy Joe would win because he's a British fighter, and obviously, 
he's with he's with the same in the same stable as me with Frank Warren, and so I'd love to see that he could win that. He could, he could win that, but if that's a pick and fight straight up. I, I mean, I can't really can't really uh, I don't really side with anybody. I thought um, Quillen and Jacobs would be closer than it was, and obviously Jacobs went out there and took Quillen apart. So I think it's a it's a it's a real fifty fifty. I can't really pick a winner in that one. Yeah, he's a genuine toss-up, that one. Okay, the last question I've got now, another fight that's coming up. It's sort of between um, light middle and middle. He's kind of in his own weight class now. Khan and Canelo. Well, I think, um, although it's for the WBC middleweight title, it's not really a middleweight fight. It's light middleweight. I think, um, you know, Canelo's got that size and strength, and he's very, very patient. He picks his punches brilliantly. You've got to go with Canelo, and I think he'll stop Khan. But, you know, fair play to Khan taking the fight. He's stepped up. He's he's taking it. And what I will say is Khan's got the speed to trouble anybody. If Khan decides to go in there and pick singles and doubles and just you move his feet, he can frustrate and he can he can nick rounds, especially against Canelo, who's, who's a bit slower and sits in front of him. You know, having said that, I think he'll get carried away, which he nearly always does, Khan. And when he gets carried away, he'll get caught. And when he gets caught, it, that'll be it. That'll that'll spell the end for him, really. Especially upper weight against um, um, Canelo. What I would like to see is if Canelo comes through this, that he fights at 160 and not 155 or 156, and really steps up and fights the bigger man at a middleweight. And if he can come through against the real, real genuine middleweight, then you know, fair play. But I think he, he'll drop back down to 154 and avoid Golovkin. Yeah, unfortunately, we probably won't see that, but what a clash it would be. Okay, um, Tommy, for anybody that's listening, anybody that can that wants to follow your journey, could you please give them your uh, your Twitter handles, your Instagram name, so that people can follow your journey to the top? Yeah, it's just Twitter. Um, I haven't got Instagram, so uh, at Tommy underscore Langford one, and uh, or add me on Facebook, Tom Langford. I'll accept you. Excellent stuff. All right, Tommy, listen, I uh, wish you the best of luck with, with your future. I, I hope you have a decent, a, a nice little break, a well-deserved break, may I add. And uh, we'll see you in the future. We'll no doubt speak to you again before your next fight. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Ciao, ciao, bye. Okay, now that wraps up episode 24 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Aya Sumra has been Aya Sumra, and he's also been the Trevor McDonald of the boxing world. A big thank you to our two guests that took part in this week's show. Of course, we spoke to Jazza Dickens, and of course, we just finished speaking to Tommy Langford. So a big thank you to the two boxers that took part in this week's show. We'll be back next week with another big show. Please keep liking, following, retweeting, and favoriting. Again, a massive thank you to our listeners. Thank you for giving us your ears for the past half an hour or so we'll be back next week with another buster of a show until then take care